in, everybody. Uh, talking to uh, Jerry, Mike. It is the podcast that has no name. Three, uh, two men and a hothead. Uh, we call it uh, the Spaghetti Podcast. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we're going to we're going to talk uh, Bengals today, college football today, and uh, an unusual conversation that we had about uh, Miley Cyrus today on the program. Uh, so the first burrowless Bengal game over the weekend didn't go very well. Did yeah, it didn't go well, right? Uh, they lose to the Giants, nineteen seventeen. It's not like the Giants are anything special. We'll uh, go around the horn, Mike. Your thoughts on the uh, the game this weekend? I even more of a reason why uh, there needs to be a coaching change. I mean, it just they looked unorganized. They looked like they were not prepared for this injury. I mean, it, it you know it ain't like it happened midweek. It happened a week ago. They were just unprepared, not motivated. And then the shocking thing was how before the game, the players felt the need to come out and say, we're behind Zach Taylor. Like, if you've got guys have, that have to say that, then the majority's not behind his back. So, I mean, it's just plain and simple. I mean, you know, uh, the defense did the best they could. I mean, but once again, you're playing the Giants who are terrible. So, to look that bad against another really bad team with, you know, played half the game without their starting quarterback, they're – all pro, all world running back. It didn't play. I mean, come on. I mean, it's time for a change. It, uh, Jerry, your thoughts on the game? I agree. I mean, Zach Taylor, we've talked about it. He, uh, he doesn't survive this. He needs to be let go at the end of the season. Um, I, w- I will tell you this, though. Giants are a bad team. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're in first place in their division, aren't they? There's no, not, a, not a team there that's won more than four games. Oh, yes. oh, I know. Maybe they are first in their division. Doesn't mean they're good. That's a terrible, terrible division. It is. And somebody met, somebody's going to be in the playoffs that wins that division with a, a record below 500. Isn't that well, well below 500. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I think you're right about that. I, I think he's lost the team. I, I always, I'm always weary of when they come out and give you confidence as the coach. This is our guy. And then three weeks later, he's not the guy anymore. That's always, that's always the kiss of death. Let me uh, ask this question. That. Has Zach Taylor ever been a head coach prior to being the head coach of the Bengals? No. I mean, come on, man. It's different being a head coach than being a coordinator or being a quarterback coach or whatever. It's a completely different seat. This is his first time ever being a head coach. Are you serious on that? Yeah. I mean, he, okay, well, here we go. he rode the, uh, he rode the, uh, the LA train when they had, um, who was the hot shot quarterback? Um, it was golf. It was it's when they went to the golf, yeah, when Jared they went golf. To the- yeah. When they had Jared golf, he was the Jared golf whisperer and, uh, the, the Sean McVay guy. And that's when they were employing everybody that touched Sean yeah. McVay ever. And, yeah. And you see what's and, happened with that. I mean, LA, you know, the Rams came back to earth. You know, let's be honest. The Rams shouldn't have been even in that Super Bowl. I mean, it was the worst call ever in the gets the saints. Um, Sean McVay was the next upcoming thing. And like Bernie said, anybody attached to him was going to get a gig, you know? Um, and a lot of people said that he, you know, that he was, you know, he wasn't ready to be the head coach. So, um, you know, but who knows, you know, Mike Brown knows it all, you know, they, he does what he wants when he wants and how he wants to do it. But as, as fans, we were all in the same place. And that was that Marvin Lewis had to go. 
And so Marvin Lewis had to go. And so he, they went out to their credit, Marvin Lewis had to go and they went out and they got a hot shot young quarter, uh, young coach. So you can't fault them for trying. So at the end of the day, the show, the, the, the Zach Taylor experiment was wrong, but, but I, they get points for well, trying. <laughs> I mean, it I mean, could have been guess. another two years of Marvin well, Lewis. Well, we talked about it last week. They get points for trying to draft offensive linemen. They get points for trying to hire a, a hot shot, uh, new head coach, but look, they're not getting the right guys. I mean, they're just not, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, call it bad luck. I don't call it bad luck. I call it lack of research. I call it, you're hiring a guy that's never been a head coach, even a high school football head coach. I mean, he's never been a head coach. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Um, I don't know, man. He got to the pros somehow. Yeah. I mean, you know, he started at UC. You know, had success, went to L.A. as a wide receivers coach, and then they made him a passing game coordinator. I mean, you know, the myth was is that he was behind that offense, and, you know, and, and the truth came out that he would literally was just in charge of making sure that the practice game, the practice play was all ran the right way. And he had, you know, he had never called plays in the NFL. Sean McVay called all of his own plays. And he was – so he was a scout team offense coordinator. I mean, and in the end, that's what he was. I mean, he was a he was a uh, highly paid milk toast. Let's hire that guy. <laughs> that's that's the guy we want. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to be negative tonight, man. I'm not being myself. I you're apologize. not. Well, it's a pandemic. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a pandemic, and it's a dark day if you're a Bengals fan. Look, dark times. We knew that. Like we saw this slide coming. And I don't think that this fan base, I look, I look at, I was just barely getting past the point of the, the Pittsburgh loss with Marvin Lewis in the playoffs. It just the mismanagement and the inept management of this team. And then all of a sudden they go out and they piss away Joe Burrow for two years. And so I just don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust them to make the right choice. I don't trust them to go out and find somebody that's worth a damn. I don't trust them to, to draft anybody and keep that person healthy. I mean, it's, um, it's ironic that we're having these same discussions over and over again. He, um, you know, they, they, they've not made, they've not drafted. Well, they've not signed the right free agents. They've overpaid for free agents this year. They did this off season. Um, they made bad choose, you know, bad hiring of, the head coach, um, like you said, like I, I remember when when the Bengals officially selected Joe Burrow, how many people came out, ex-players who are now commentators, and said the Cincinnati Bengals will ruin Joe Burrow. I don't think – people – I don't know where you guys are. I, I, don't, I don't blame Carson Palmer for walking away because Carson Palmer spent time with, I don't mean to open this worm, this can of worms, but my larger point is I don't blame Carson Palmer for walking away because Carson Palmer saw what this team was. Carson Palmer lived for a while in these shoes and walked away from this team because he realized that they didn't know what they were doing. And so we just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And I don't, I get that about Joe Burrow. You look at him and go, they're going to, they're going to ruin this kid. Like they've ruined so many others. Yeah, there's two things, and I'll make it quick. There's two things that jump out at me that I knew that this was this was we were going to be in a rut. Like it, this is going to be a five six year thing where of a bad spell. Um, 
two moves. Number one was how they handled the Whitworth situation. The Bengals have always overpaid loyalty. They've paid guys who go towards their end of their careers who, you know, go Cincinnati, rah, 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 like don't talk about bad about ownership and don't talk bad about the, the team in general. Well, Andrew Whitworth was like the face of this franchise for the longest time. He was an all-pro left tackle. They didn't even offer him a contract. All he did was go to L.A. and be an all-pro. Not, not, you know, not like the fourth best left tackle. He was graded the best left tackle for three years for L.A. I mean, that move alone told me that they were just dis- – I mean, they were just out of the source. They had no clue what they were doing. And then the second move was the Zeitler move. I mean, you 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 let a guy walk away who's your best off your best offensive lineman after Whitworth leaves, and you let him go to Cleveland, and you don't even attempt to you don't even make him an offer. So you go from having one of the greatest offensive lines when you had, you know, Whitworth and Zeitler. You had some really good offensive linemen, and you let them go, but you pay for all the skills. You know, it's like he wants to sell his house and live in the projects, but drive a Lamborghini and have these receivers pay the Chad Johnsons, pay the Chris Henrys, pay the TJ Hushmanzada, pay pay the AJ Greens. But he doesn't understand it's won or lost up front, and they've seen that now, and it's coming back to bite him in the ass. Dalton got beat up his last two or three years here. Burrow couldn't complete one season here. Yeah. I don't – I don't – I, they do they do value they value so many other things but like top five on the list of things that they don't value is the package that will win a game they don't the problem is and this is going to sound cliche but they yeah. do not value winning period <laughs> well no they, they don't. don't for the longest time Marvin Lewis was going to run an organization that was going to rehab uh, guys that were that the Pac-Man Joneses of the world. We were gonna, we were gonna rehab. We were gonna make, make honorable men of those people, like domestic gonna, violence all stars. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, and we're yeah. gonna take every, every, every guy that's ever uh, done something that he had no business doing, and we're gonna rehab that. And we're gonna put that on the field because we should be doing that, and setting that example. You know what that doesn't do? Win games. It doesn't win games. Great. You you run a halfway house. Um, you know, you run somebody that's loyal. Great. Congratulations. It's loyal. It doesn't win games. I don't have a, a good feeling that anybody is sitting up there with a pad of paper that has the master plan written on it. That's equals getting a playoff win, a Super Bowl, a anything 30 years, 30 years since the last playoff win. That's awful. Think about that that's for a awful. moment. And how many of those years, how many of those 30 years did they have an honest, legitimate opportunity to, to win legit? Maybe three, three maybe yeah. four. <laughs> maybe. Is that it? I mean, if you think I mean, about it, put, give me yeah, five. I mean, if you think about it, they you got know? lucky with, you know, the Carson Palmer thing. They had the number over one or over pick. They, the number one overall pick, they could not mess that up. Like the two times they've had the number one overall pick, Carson Palmer, Joe Burrow. You can't mess those up. Like, everybody knew that Carson Palmer, Heisman winner, 6'5", pretty boy from L.A. He's your number one pick. You got this kid from LSU via Ohio State through 
you know, Dayton, Ohio, Akron era, whatever, a homegrown kid, you're not going to mess that up. So the two times they get lucky where they can't mess it up gives them chances to win playoff games. And what happens? They, they drop the ball. I mean, how do you have that offense with Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, Chris Henry, Rudy Johnson, Levi Jones at left tackle? You had guys that were all pros that were top five in their position, and you can't win a playoff game. And then you get lucky, and A.J. Green falls in your lap, and Andy Dalton falls in your lap, and Andrew Withworth falls in your lap. And Vontez Burfecht, like you said, you're trying to you know, rebuild his life. You, know, you get right. Geno Atkins. You get these pieces in place. And you can't win because why? There was no proven leadership on that team. And there was no leadership from above. Because they don't value they don't. winning. Hey, what, what's the deal with um, Geno Atkins? Why is he not playing? I, I don't – that's that's it. That baffles me. You're paying the guy like $12 million this year. Next year it's like 13 and he's not playing. I don't know if he's not healthy. He's standing on the sidelines. Yeah. He's standing. Number ninety-seven is just standing on the sidelines. If you're not going, yeah. If you're not going to play him, you got to cut him. I mean, you know, I I, I heard some, you know, uh, Dave Lapham, who I, when it comes to the Bengals, he's kind of my go-to guy because he's just honest. He's brutally honest, and he's like, look, if you're not going to play the guy, then start playing these younger guys and see what you got, so you know, so you know what to draft and what not to draft. You know, I mean. That's what they're going to do the rest of the season. That's basically what they're going to do. See what they got out of those young yeah, guys. Yeah, but if they you have. look at the the snap the snap count, they're not playing those guys. So everybody said that this draft was really well. Okay, you couldn't fuck up the Joe Burrow thing. Excuse my language. I mean, everybody knew he they were taking Joe Burrow. Now we got to put a little e I in know. the corner of our podcast, <laughs> man. I mean, and I then, don't have time and then, to put and that then and then Higgins <laughs> falls in your lap in the second round. You draft two linebackers, Wilson and the other kid, the Gaither the Gaither kid that. Wilson's good. Yeah, but he's still like yeah, yeah, but he's not playing snap. The other Gaither kid, who they said is the next, you know, he's the next best linebacker since like Keith Rivers or whatever. I mean, he's he played like 13 snaps. That was it. That's all the snaps he played against the Giants. Why is that kid not playing 30, 40 snaps? You need to find out what you have in him. I'm so tired of being at the front of December. At a position where you're like, well, we just got to see what we got for yeah. the future. <laughs> like that's every year. Yeah. It's just like, well, you know, we just got to run out the clock and get ourselves to the off season so we can piss it away oh. again. Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's just tiring. <laughs> yeah. It's like groundhog day with these, with these guys. Oh, it's every day. And by I the mean, way, whatever you yeah. see, if you do see promise in somebody at this point, um, it, that person is going to have to survive. They're, look, Zach Taylor's not going to – he's going to get canned. He's out of here. He's, he's done. So, whatever, whoever's there is going right, to so, survive inside of another coach's So, uh, let's house. spend this question. Mike, Mike Brown is not known to fire coaches and pay their salary. Because if they fire, if they fire Zach Jones or Zach Taylor, they're going to have to pay, his, pay him out, buy him out, and then pay another coach. He's only done that one other time. So, so it's kind of not his MO to do this. I could honestly see him saying, you know what? Our quarterback got hurt. Obviously he won't say Mike Brown will do nothing but fall asleep at games, but Katie Blackburn could be like, well, we're going to give him a another mulligan because Joe Burrow got hurt and we're going to play, we're going to run it back again. How many times have we heard that story? Let's go and run it back. It's not crazy. No, it's, it's not a crazy theory. 
it's probably what's going to happen. That's probably what's going to happen. That's ridiculous. God, it's so ridiculous. I mean, you hear these. But I mean, no, I just just say, okay, I I believe what you say, and let's say for let's say that happens, or they fire Taylor and they they go out in the open market and look for a coach. Do you trust them to find anybody worth a damn? No. Because the pendulum's going to swing the other way. They're going to bring some retread in here. We're going to have Jeff Fisher for the next three years. Like it's, you know, they're going to find, they're going to bring Mike McCarthy in from Dallas who couldn't win a game in Dallas. Like they'll, 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 the pendulum will swing the other way. You know, I mean, uh, I, I had an epiphany. I was sitting in the couch and I'm like, oh, the next head coach of Cincinnati Bengals is on the other sidelines for coaching for the Giants. He's the offensive coordinator Adam for the Gase. Giants. Oh, that's Jets. Huh? Who is it? It's your Who boy from it? Dallas, Garrett. Who is it? Oh, Jason Garrett. I could speak because he's a quarterback <laughs> guy. He's an offensive guru guy. He made Tony Romo into what he is. I could see very easily them saying, oh, he's got head coaching experience. He's very quiet. It ain't like he's going to be louder than the franchise, you know, like going out and getting a Gruden or going out and go get – you don't have to have head coaching experience to be the head coach. No, but I think they're going to go that route. I we, think they we, realize. We're proving that. Yeah, I think they realize that they dropped the ball with, you yeah. know, hiring Zach Taylor. You know, and, and here's the thing. And unfortunately, unfortunately, you you would hope that Zach Taylor is young enough that he gets another shot. You know, five, ten years from now. I mean, he's. You know, if you here's the other thing. I mean, if you're if you're a young coach or if you're an up and coming, if you're Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs or one of these big time, you know, um, coordinators. Would you want this job knowing that Mike Brown is sitting up in his office? No. No. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Eric Bieniemy. He was close. He was close to getting this job. Yeah, he was a finalist. He was right down to the wire. I mean, you do have a point there. It is is a very unattractive job. I mean, think about the defensive coordinator position. They hired four – or they offered the job to four different people, and all four guys turned it down. Jack Del Rio turned it down. Um. Uh, Wade Phillips turned it down, and there was two other guys who turned who were who had been head coaches, um, who turned down defense coordinator job because they said they're not going to sign the guys that we need to run this team, and we're not going to be a coordinator for a guy who's never ever called a snap, a play, or been a head coach. So they hired this Lou Amarillo. He was like the fifth option. That tells you what you need to know about the Bengals' front office. Moving on, the college football playoffs. They have their uh, their their top four in, and it's uh, the usual suspects. Alabama, number one. Notre Dame, number two. Number three is Clemson. Number four is Ohio State, and they've played four games. I don't know that that's great. I know They may not even qualify mm-hmm. to get into the playoff this year uh, because of COVID stuff. Mike, do you agree with Ohio State being in with only four wins and everybody else has got at least eight? Oh, man, it's – it's. I mean, I'm so back and forth on this because I'm anti-Ohio State guy, but they're four because of the talent that's on – I mean, they have so many NFL players on that team. I mean, let's – I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, they've, they've got some – they would probably give the Bengals – you know, everybody makes that joke. Well, Alabama could beat, you know, the Cowboys or Alabama could beat the – you know – Ohio State is as talented as any team in America. They might be the most talented team in America. The problem is is the four games thing. I mean, if they don't qualify to win the Big Ten because they've only played five or six games, they're in trouble. And it's going to be ugly because 
you know, let, let's say, let's say it plays out. Let's say, you know, Alabama's won, you know, and Clemson and, and Notre Dame's there. And then are you going to, what are you going to do as the committee if Alabama's only played six games, but they're six and zero, and then you have UC's like nine and zero, and BYU's like ten and zero, and then you've got a one loss Florida team, a one loss um, Texas A and M. I mean, do you really? I mean, can you imagine what'll happen if they do or don't? Either way, take Ohio State. I don't. I don't think that you can win unless you break it down by like win percentage. You know, but They've then won, that. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't account yeah. for the tread on the tires of the teams that have played and, 10 games. And the other part that's going to kill the them, ones that have played six. The other part's going to kill them is there's no other team in the Big Ten that's very good. I mean, Indiana's good. Other than that, like Michigan's terrible. Penn State's terrible. Um, the Big Ten is not very good. You know, Northwestern losing really hurt Ohio State. Wisconsin losing hurts Ohio State. Michigan being terrible hurts Ohio State. It hurts their case. So, I mean, it's tough. It's a no-win predicament for that committee. Jerry, your thoughts on the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes being a playoff? I find it difficult. I mean, I find it tough to let somebody in. They played four games, whatever they're going to be playing. You got a UC team sitting there, you know, potentially 9-0, 10-0. You got BYU. You got Texas A&M. I don't know, man. If Ohio State doesn't get enough games under the belt, I don't think it should happen. Cincinnati, I mean, can we – can we all agree, though? I mean, Cincinnati would get stomped mm-hmm. by Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson. Like, if you made Cincinnati fourth, on paper, yeah, you I mean, they're just gonna the get game, stomped. Um, I think that, like, I, 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 here's the here's what's the interesting part. So I'm gonna throw a couple of what if scenarios. Once again, more than likely, Notre Dame and Clemson will have to play one more time in the ACC championship. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, it's hands down. Clemson's out because they'll have two losses to the same team. But if Clemson were to beat Notre Dame and and, and beat them, you know, by two or three touchdowns, now you're going to have a one-loss Notre Dame team who lost to the second-best team in America. Or you can play it this way where what happens if Alabama loses to Florida in the SEC championship game are you really going to award Ohio State, who's only played five or six games and have zero losses and haven't played anybody in the top ten, to whereas, you know, an Alabama one loss or a Notre Dame one loss or a Clemson one loss has played a full gambit, you know, nine, ten games, and their one losses to a team that's in the playoff. I mean, it's a tough, man. I wouldn't want that job. I would not want that job. There's no way. I'm so let me ask you, what's, what's the criteria? Like, what's the criteria? That's, right? the, official I, criteria. that's the thing. That's the question. Yeah. Like, that's the question. It's like, why is Ohio State even there to begin with? It's like, well, because they're Ohio State. Well, yeah, but the, 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 what they have on paper is not as good or is not as substantial as what Clemson has on paper. And what so there's no criteria. Paper. People are just going to make a decision. Like, that they seems that's going to be win percentage. I mean, what's well, the deal? There's got to well, be some well, kind the, of criteria. The criteria is you've got to be in the top. I mean, that's why, that's why they list these, the top 20 or whatever that list is every week now, is they come out and say, this is where you're at. So you so when it comes to selection based on what? But based on based what? on based you're on the coaches based on vote, the your RPI, meaning your conference, the strength of schedule, your conference RPI, like how good is your conference? Um, your non your non-conference schedule, who are you playing and where are you playing them? So I mean, there are certain outliners, you know, that categories, but 
you know, it's not win percentage. It's not like they took away your uh, the margin of victories because these teams like Alabama was like, shit, we've got to play Alabama A&M and we've got to beat them 70 to nothing. So we have this high, crazy point margin. And then that's when they got away with that. And they said, you know what, instead of rewarding point, you know, margins of victory, we're going to reward your non-conference schedule. So that's why Alabama said, you know what, we'll open up with like an ACC team or a Pac-10 team. I mean, remember two years ago, they opened up with USC at Jerry was a world and they beat the piss out of USC. And a year before that, they opened up with Oregon and beat Oregon, you know, and you see Ohio state reaching out and playing some better teams and cause they're starting to reward that kind of thing. Well, what should have happened is the NCAA I mean, this is the year to get creative and try something yeah. different and be flexible. Major League Baseball expanded their playoffs. NBA expanded their playoffs. I mean, to keep it at four teams and, and no expansion, this was your opportunity. 2020 well, was I think your chance. Did. I think, yeah, I think right. they debated. They re- the, the word was that there was a big debate that making it to eight or at least six, giving the number one and number two seeds buys. I think the problem – man, you know what it is about the NCAA? It's, it's money. money. And and having this fourteen playoff is a billion dollar card for them, and I don't see how having eight teams in really takes money away. To me, it would make more money, I assume, because now you have yeah. four important games, you know, instead of two games, you know, three games. You know, you have, you know, when you're in the final four, you have the the two semifinals and the national championship game. Where if you went to eight, you know, you're adding more games, more prime time, more ratings, but. I mean, it's a money-driven industry. I mean, we're, we're seeing that, you know, even more so now. The fall-off is pretty steep after four, after five. Well, in, in the, you know what? They, they, for the most part, they've gotten it right. I mean, there's not been one year where the fifth team really had a big argument. And last year might have been the case if Tua doesn't get hurt and Alabama lost to LSU right. – and if they beat Auburn, then there would have been a huge argument about who's five. But, you know, for, for the most part, they, they've got it right because things have kind of fell in their lap. You know, like the Pac-10's been bad. You know, the, the Big Ten's only put one team in. The SEC's usually got two. The Big 12, the Big 12 is always Oklahoma and the yeah, other uh, one. Yeah, Oklahoma. So, I mean, the things have got it right. They've, it's fell in their lap so far. It's been – they've got lucky. This year, it's probably not going to be They've got some challenges yeah, this year, are. though, buddy. They've got some challenges yeah, they're gonna, this year. They're gonna, the, you better believe the committee's hoping that Alabama wins out, so then, you know, that would eliminate Florida. They're hoping that Notre Dame can beat, you know – well, they don't want Notre Dame to beat Clemson again because that would be, you know, that taking Clemson out of the playoff is going to be a big money get, you know, taking – if you don't have – Lawrence playing Trevor Lawrence playing in, in the national playoffs and that's a big problem you know it's actually I mean it's if you're Notre Dame it's the most direct path like it's the only time that they would have gotten in via conference yeah. like they haven't played in a conference and so it's almost the truest schedule they've played everybody argues that Notre Dame never plays the right schedule I mean they played an ACC yes, schedule I, I applaud you know? Notre, Notre Dame stepped up to the plate, you know, and they took full advantage of this COVID thing. And you would hope that maybe – I guess, has the word officially came out that they're going to go back to their normal independence after this? Have they not made that decision? Well, I there's, a, I mean, there's a large TV contract at stake. Um, certainly, if you watch the Notre Dame games, I've been watching them all year, the ACC, man, they are slathering Notre Dame with yeah. love. You know, they're like, we're ACC. We are – 
Clemson and Notre Dame and like and they're referencing it in, in you know in football yeah. terms and they're just you can tell that they're taking their, their the, the the moment to slather Notre Dame with praise because they want Notre Dame yeah. to stay. I mean, they, they could figure out the money thing. I mean, ACC's got their own deal. I mean, they could say, you know what, Notre Dame, keep your deal. You know, it's not fair to everybody else, but guess what? The world's not fair. Keep your money. Cut us a little portion of it. Share it with the little sisters of the poor, you know, of, of the conference. And, um, you know, but keep the majority to yourself. Just put us on niche because it would give them more exposure. I mean, they would have the channel, you know, the NBC deal with Notre Dame. So you would have – more ACC teams on TV, it would, you know, it would definitely boost recruiting and, and schedule and more popularity for the ACC. I mean, think about it. When you think of ACC, what do you think? Clemson, Miami, Florida, who's not been very good, yeah. Virginia Tech. I mean, that's a reach and a half reaching, you know. So they – No, it, imp- it, imp- it improves – it improves the um, the conference as the game stays. I, that yeah. seems like – that seems to be like the biggest fish, though. I mean, them having the biggest fish, and I, I don't, I don't think that Notre Dame would go for that because Notre Dame doesn't get anything out of that. All right, uh, moving on. You know, we've, the the Zoom's going to run out here in a minute. Um, let's move on to Miley Cyrus. Hey, she's more talented than we I thought, were... man. I thought that she was just Hannah Montana that got all weird and crazy in her twenties and thirties. And I watched that video I sent you guys. She's pretty talented, man. It was pretty impressive on my end. This is Miley Cyrus's new song, uh, Midnight Sky. And I thought it sounded like, told you guys, I thought it sounded like Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Got a good beat to it. I dig it. Feels like Stevie Nicks, right? Yeah. But it's been a long time since I felt this good on my own. This new? This is a new song? New song. But here's what they did. They they took advantage of the fact that it sounded like Stevie Nicks and they did this with it. That this is the this is the Miley Cyrus? This is Miley Cyrus. They mashed the two oh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, it's been a long night. Oh, yeah. to go home. But it's been a long time since I felt this good on my own. If I'm not mistaken, years went by with my hands I think nose. that uh, back when Mike had a MySpace page, oh, yeah. you know on MySpace when you had your own page? Yeah, you had a you song. On, like, you somebody, on. like you had a song. Mike's song was Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Oh, my, right, no, Mike? you're way off base. Oh, here we go. It's like taking a trip to Mike's uh, MySpace page. Like you clicked onto his page. There he is. Was, uh, here's the song. I was in the – what is this song by Phil Collins? I hopped up the no, it was. No, it was Miley Cyrus. Oh, yeah, MySpace. <laughs> I miss MySpace, man. Facebook's boring. You don't get your own theme song. You know what we should bring back to Facebook? Top eight. I want to be able to rank my friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's great. I want to be able to tell my friends exactly where they sit in my life. You are number twelve. <laughs> so hey, so talented or not, like you guys are the music guys. Oh, totally talented. I and she makes a lot of good decisions. Jerry, I mean, she's talented. I mean, she's talented, or else she wouldn't be in a position she's in. But does she have as much talent as her father? Oh, I mean, come on, man. Here we go. Are we doing oh that? wow. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I want to carry this conversation forward next week. I want to talk about true, like the top five current female, like in the music industry, like, you know, like uh, not popular. I don't want it to be a popularity contest. So you start with Cardi B because she's no, obviously that's what top. I'm saying. I don't want to, I don't and, want, pop, I don't want a popularity where it's her and Lizzo and <laughs> Lizzo's yeah, pretty Lizzo's good. good. Just, but I want, yeah, I mean like in, in my, you know, like right away, I think that the most talented female musician is Lady Gaga, hands down. Talent wise. I agree with that. I think that's yeah. probably right. She pretty when I heard talented. her on live on Howard Stern, it blew me away. Like mm-hmm. how talented she truly is. Yeah. That girl, she good. good. I mean, yeah. all right. Well, we will do that next time. That's your homework uh, assignment. Will, uh, five, five of the best it. female entertainers slash in the music industry kind of thing. Cardi, B, Cardi B is slots one and three. She's, so She's wild. Hey, I got something about Cardi B. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the meme where it said? Uh, you know, people can get upset about baby. It's cold outside. Oh, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, sexist yeah, yeah. or whatever. And then, but yeah. and your winner is Cardi B with uh, WAP. WAP. <laughs> look, who doesn't? You know, look, WAP. Look, WAP is one of the best songs ever made. Now, I'm I'm just gonna stick. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stick my neck out. I'm gonna go uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel. <laughs> Uh, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. And, I, was uh, this I just feel like I need a shower when I listen to that. It really is. It's just, I mean, I was it's having hard this to conversation do. with some college kids that are, you know, over 21 and they were talking about how dirty WAP is and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, I was like, I need you guys to research two live crew. That's oh, yeah. real. Like, like, well, I mean, this is at least. Are we going to break down WAP? No, or, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say that WAP is pretty dirty. Yeah, but, I, yeah, yeah, but it ain't too live crew, bro. Come on. Like, based on the know, time, man. though, based on the time, like, now it's okay to have an F word and, and, and certain words that are not cool for certain I mean, people to say. Two live crew was banned in the USA. They were banned we're in banned. the USA. They were banned. Is that, was that, oh my God. <laughs> Tell her to go bake some bread. <laughs> I got 15 kids out there, man. I got mouths to feed. Speaking of WAP, am I right? What? Yeah. Hey, Bazinga. Um, so that's that's next is the type. Are we so okay? Top five. You got to have five female. And Jerry, don't I don't want you coming up with some chick that's like some indie rock and she plays at some and like she plays like. Yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to pick the chick from Evanescence. Yeah. Well, that and Amy Lee. That there you go. Say, that or he's going to say, "Oh, there's this lady named uh, Lisa Joe who plays down at, you know, Miller's Fillin. She's really talented." At this. <laughs> like, you know what he's going to do? He's going to Google some chick that nobody's ever heard of and make us research her so he looks smart. And she's probably going to wear That's glasses, it. have dark hair, and have bad tattoos. Come on, he's got an M.O. <laughs> you gotta do a type. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, wrapping up for the week. We'll uh, talk All to right. you next time on the uh, the big podcast. The anger guy. See you. It's pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> <laughs>